Welcome to Lift History. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Richard Klein, arguably the first ever trainer to the stars. At the young age of 21 years old, Richard Klein was recruited and hired by Paramount Studios to become the first physical instructor and manager of their studio gym. That, in effect, made him the very first trainer to the stars. You may have recently heard me speak with Gunnar Peterson on Home Gym History. If you haven't heard that episode of Home Gym History, my other podcast, I'll drop a link below. Go check it out. Briefly, we talk about Richard Klein, and I bring up the history of Richard Klein. But, you know, Home Gym History was mostly about Gunnar Peterson because He's an amazing individual with an amazing career that's still going on. So go listen to that episode and learn all about Gunnar Peterson. But this episode of Lift History is kind of the complementary entity to that episode because I'm going to dig into the history of the very first trainer to the stars, Richard Klein. But first, I just want to remind you to please help out the podcast by subscribing by following us if you're on Spotify or another podcast platform. It really helps if you drop a five-star review, if you rate us. That really helps the podcast. And by us, I mean me. I don't know why I'm using the plural. <laughs> it's just me sitting in my basement gym doing this. Another thing that super, super helps us out is to use my Amazon link. My Amazon affiliate link allows you to shop for anything at all on Amazon. It doesn't matter whether it's for your home gym or not. You could shop for a pair of shoes. You could shop for a spatula. But if you click my Amazon link first and you go through that, I'll get a couple pennies rolling back to me from Amazon. So please. Consider as like a little tip, if you enjoy this episode, if you really think, wow, that was fun, that was entertaining, then as a little tip, use my Amazon link the next time you go shopping on Amazon, and it'll just help out to fund the show. All right. Who was this guy? Well, before he became this young trainer to the stars, he was a 16 and a half pound baby. Well, allegedly, in this booklet that I'll get into a little later in the episode, there is in a biography by Phil Lonergan. I'm not sure who Phil Lonergan is. I should really research that. But there's a biography of Richard Klein written by him. And in that biography, he alleges that Richard Klein was born in 1906 in Maine and that he weighed 16 and a half pounds at birth. That is phenomenal. That is like ancient Greek legend type stuff, like 16 and a half pounds of birth. Listeners, were any of you even close to that? Do any of you have a child that was even close to that heavy at birth? My heaviest child, I have four children, and the heaviest baby that my wonderful wife, which, oh my gosh, I'm thankful every day for, gave birth to was just under 10 pounds. So 16 and a half pounds? I don't know. But moving on, he claims that Richard Klein was a straight-A student. Okay, that's cool. He paints a little bit of a picture of, you know, even though he's a straight-A student, Richard Klein could have pursued medicine. He could have pursued a mathematical career, but instead, his love, his passion for physical culture led him down this road. Well, maybe. 
And then he mentions that as a young man, allegedly and legendarily, I guess I should say, Richard could lift any two boys his size. And I found that to be peculiar because not just one boy that he could lift his size, one classmate or friend, but he could pair them up like, hey, you two guys, I'm lifting you. But it doesn't specifically like say what lift. Are we talking like lift them overhead or are we just like, you know, doing a bear hug and lifting them up? Because eh, that's not as impressive. I mean, I'm pretty sure like my 10 year old son could get out there and like hug it up with two of his buddies and lift them up an inch or two off the ground. Now, if it means that he lifted him over his head, now I'm getting impressed. That's 16 and a half pound baby type lifting right there. This one, too, is a little uh, a little bit of the legend, if you will, of Richard Klein, that he joined the Marines lying about his age and said he was 19. Now, this is pre-World War II. We're talking around 1920. So this is in, you know, the time in between, if you will, World War One and World War II. He lies about his age at the age of 14 and joins the Marines, saying that he's 19. While he's in the Marines, though, for several years, he studies physical culture and calisthenics. And in addition to his normal duties as a young Marine, he conducts these exercise drills where he teaches these massive groups of his fellow Marines how to, you know, stay fit. He gets discharged, honorably, seemingly, and he returns home after his discharge to New England and inspired by this instruction of large masses of people in the Marines, he starts exercises on the beach and comes up with that on the beach in New England, just outside Boston, lots of people could get together. And if you think through it, even now, as long as you have permission to do so, or even if you're just kind of passive way allowed to do so, it's rent free. You know, you don't need a, a studio, you don't need a gym, a warehouse to conduct classes on the beach. And I've seen yoga in the park. I know what those guys are up to. I, I get it. It's not connecting with nature. It's connecting with not paying rent. So he conducts these exercises on the beach in Boston, and it really catches on. Like people are showing up, hundreds of people are showing up for them to do these exercises on the beach. And then it starts to catch on even more and popularity starts to gain that he ends up joining the Chautauqua Circuit. So Lake Chautauqua is in New York and the Chautauqua Circuit was essentially an entertainment circuit where you would tour town to town around that area because Lake Chautauqua was a very popular vacation spot for people to get outside of the city. So he joins the Chautauqua circuit as a strongman and becomes a professional strongman. Now he's getting paid to do so. 1925 comes up and Richard Klein returns to New England and he goes to the city officials in Atlantic City because that is a thriving beach and city. So he pitches this idea of exercises on the beach and the city officials, they're okay with it. So he does it for one summer season and it goes so well. Now we're not talking hundreds, thousands of people are showing up for these exercise sessions, which in your mind's eye, just picture that, that there's this guy and this is in 1925. So I'm assuming that, you know, a PA system isn't really set up. I mean, he's at most, he's probably like got one of those big old, like, 
traffic cone looking things to speak through. And there's thousands of people doing these exercises together on the beach. Richard Klein, the next summer, is appointed by the Atlantic City officials to be the official coordinator and program coordinator for the beach. At that point, wow, things are taken off for Richard Klein. And vaudeville comes a-knocking. If you've never heard the term vaudeville, vaudeville refers loosely to what I described earlier with the Chautauqua circuit as these traveling performance groups that would go from theater to theater. Remember, we're in the 1920s here. This is well before TVs in your home. So these traveling performance groups, not that a traveling group wouldn't get a bunch of attention today. I mean, Cirque du Soleil is out there doing their thing. But back then, this was a very important part of strength history because a vaudeville troupe uh, organized group of these performers kind of connects with Richard Klein. They hear about this guy on the beach doing these exercise programs. They see his feats of strength and they ask him to join them. And he is loving it because that is like a step up from the circuit he was on before. And get this, it covers his wintertime expenses. It's in the off season. He can do the whole beach exercise thing all summer and then boom, he can hit the road in the winter and go performance hall to performance hall and do his feats of strength. It's about that time an episode to remind you that he's seemingly an average guy. He's actually almost exactly my height and weight. He's five foot 11 and 190 pounds. I'm sitting at about 205 right now. I'm trying to drop down a little more this winter, but give or take a couple pounds. Richard Klein is about my size. And he's doing these strongman exhibitions and performing night after night. And like I said in my last episode of Lift's History with Louis Sear, this is not World's Strongest Man as you know it today. This is not powerlifting or strongman competition as you know it today. This is a performance taking place that is night after night on the road. It's more akin to like a rock band touring in modern day than it is to World's Strongest Man. So then his popularity grows. And by 1927, after a couple seasons of doing the vaudeville circuit, and he's still doing the thing on the beach in Atlantic City, a Paramount executive notices him. He sees his act as a strongman on vaudeville circuit. So he approaches him and he essentially recruits Richard Klein to come on out to Hollywood and become the coordinator and the director of strength, whatever title it might be, essentially just run the Paramount Studios gym. Now this studio gym, so we're talking like, you know, you ever hear that catchphrase, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille? That's what we're talking, like that old of movies. This is Cecil B. DeMille type era. Richard Klein, why did he do this? Well, he's 21 years old. Okay, he's been spending his summers on the beach with no discernible responsibilities besides getting out there and teaching an exercise class a couple times a week. And then he hits the road in the winters. And I'm not saying that wasn't tough work, but it was probably a good time, I would assume. He's he's under the spotlight. He's getting a little attention. Heading to Hollywood. That's like a dream come true. And I'm 
I'm making inferences here. I'm not reading Richard's exact words, but I'm just trying to inspire that type of wonderment in your mind, listener, to the time and era we're in right now and to Richard Klein's life. So now when it comes to working for Paramount, the best way that it's been described, in my opinion, is in a 1940 article in the Los Angeles Times. So in this article in 1940 in the Los Angeles Times, it was described, his job was described by one of the executives as being, sorry to laugh at myself here, but I love this quote. The executive says that Richard Klein was hired to make the stars, quote unquote, look like what they ain't. I love that. To look like what they ain't. Basically, that paints a picture of the recruitment, the conversation that was had with Richard Klein some years before. Like, hey, listen, you're a pretty strong guy. I see you. You got your slick hair. You're out there on the beach. Why don't you come out to Hollywood? Make my stars look like what they ain't. I don't know why I'm putting on that voice, by the way. That's just in my mind what this executive sounded like so what's he doing at paramount well richard right off the bat he develops exercises to focus on problem areas of the body and that connects to what i just said the whole look like what they ain't so this is we're talking 1940s 1930s even so in the 1930s 1940s we're talking about training george bancroft Polly Negri, Richard Dix, Clara Bow, Fred McMurray, Randolph Scott, Scott, I should say, Gary Cooper. And then he, I mean, he works all the way up through guys like Cary Grant. And these Paramount stars, they aren't exactly getting on screen. You know, they're not all Steve Reeves and Hercules. But on the other hand, just like today, they are... I guess you would say heightened in terms of the way they are looked at on screen. And although kind of like with Gunnar Peterson, I spoke with on home gym history about how like they're not doing shirtless scenes. The men by and large are leaving their shirts on and the women by and large aren't doing any type of uh, risque type scenes either. The sense of modesty was scaled appropriately for that time so it's different than in 2024 but it doesn't mean that it wasn't there so just because they had all their clothes on doesn't mean that they weren't looked to as being the hollywood stars and having the physiques that a hollywood star should have so even underneath the clothes and even with the clothes on much more much more i would argue in the 1940s than now in film Richard Klein had a job to do. So then how did he do this job? Well, he also created exercise routines to try to like streamline the stars and he would tailor make some of the routines based on what they needed. So for example, Ida Lupino, a very famous star at the time, she wanted to lose weight. And in speaking with her and learning this, Richard designed a weight loss program for her or Dorothy Lamore wanted to be grateful, graceful, I should say, and subtle. So to be graceful and subtle, Klein reportedly created a rhythmic conditioning exercises class for her and training program for her. 
This even led to some equipment development because reportedly Cary Grant and Gary Cooper, and if you don't know, Gary Cooper was like the action star. Like if you've ever watched The Sopranos, if I'm remembering correctly, and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, drop a comment and let me know. Tony Soprano talks about Gary Cooper. He references Gary Cooper several times throughout the Sopranos series as like the epitome of masculinity, if you will. So Gary Cooper and Cary Grant, apparently, though, did not like when the knurling on barbells were digging into their hands. They weren't into that. So Richard Klein developed a revolving sleeve barbell. This reminds me of like a York aristocrat barbell, which probably would have been out around that time in the 1930s to 40s. I can double check the dates on the York aristocrat. But in the booklet that provides a biography of Richard Klein, it claims that he invented the revolving sleeve barbell. I kind of like questioning the 16 and a half pound baby. I'm not sure if he invented it, but did he develop one? Did he do that for the Paramount Studios? Sure. I- I'm willing to place my bets on that horse that, yeah, he probably did that and said, look, guys, here, now you can hold on to it. It's going to rotate within the sleeve and it won't hurt your hands. This leads to other products they develops even for home use, because by this point, he's getting so popular that there are people asking him, just like today, and being becoming curious, what can I do to look like the stars, Mr. Klein? So he's developing products that he can sell. He's getting a little side hustle going on. So he comes up with an extension gym bar for use in a doorway, which, I mean, I had one of those. At one point in my life, that was part of my home gym. It was in my doorway so I could do pull-ups. He comes up with an angle or slant board for abdominal exercises. Much like what I said about the York Aristocrat Bar, I know for a fact that the York abdominal course, on the cover of it, there's a slant board. So I don't know if he invented that, but maybe he developed one for them and for his own sale purposes. And then also just rubber exercising devices like, uh, you know, extenders with hand grips, things like that. So Klein, to put it in his own words and read you a quote from him, talking about what it means to be a trainer to the stars, he tells the magazine Picture Goer the following, Hollywood's modern stars exercise so that they may not only have streamlined figures, but also to develop the qualities of glamour rhythm of movement and vibrant good health many men and women in the 40s or even in their 50s would be considered in the prime of life if they would only exercise properly and consistently it's 2024 and i'd agree with that i mean what do you think listeners drop a comment would you agree with that so he starts publishing these training manuals this one is published in 1939 but he actually his first one to come out was in 1937 he puts out several of them he also gets on the radio and in 1937 he starts hosting a little 15 minute exercise program on the radio on knx radio that occurs five days a week and in 1939 he forms a new company and that's where this booklet comes from called the richard klein healthways incorporated So Richard Klein Healthways Incorporated, they start selling all these products. They start publishing these booklets. And he also 
does something a little bit unique for the time in 1939. He goes out to Sears, Roebuck, and other department stores, and he gets his products put into the stores because they are intended for the common people, the people that might want to look like the stars, the people that might want to take this equipment home and start a home gym. He does open his own gym, though. In 1940, he opens a gym in Hollywood, and now people can even come to him. And for an extra special price of $15. So in addition to the gym admittance or membership, if you paid an extra $15, you could have a personal appointment with Richard Klein, which is kind of cool. So his gym offered rhythmic exercises, handball, badminton, and a colonic irrigation. You could also pay an extra $15 for treatments such as alcohol baths, reducing massages, rock steam baths, and salt glows. Part of me wonders if some of these things came from his days on the Chautauqua circuit. Like, did he see these treatments and things at those spas and at those resorts that he was performing at? Was he, you know, given a, a performer's discount or something since he was a strong man to go get some of these treatments and get some of these rehab type uh, massages and rock steam baths and things. I'm not really sure. I wasn't able to connect the dots concretely, but I think it's fair to make a bit of a connection there in terms of his earlier years and now what he's putting in his gym. He continues on the radio circuit. He gets picked up by another radio station in 1940. Same thing, 15-minute format, five days a week. So things are going well for Richard. He's got his gym open. He's got his radio placements. He's selling things, barbells, weights, other equipment. Here's an original Richard Klein Hollywood weight plate that I recently acquired. It's not uncommon at all to find Healthways weight plates. They had seemingly a bazillion different designs. Healthways of Hollywood weight plates, Healthways weight plates, blue ones, ones that are just bare metal. So, but this is the first Richard Klein weight plate that I've come across. And a nice contact of mine in California was kind enough to sell this to me and send it out. So thank you. But he also sold those course books that I've been talking about. So let's dig into this course book a little bit here. So just to show you, that's Richard Klein on the cover. And the title is Health, Strength, and Bodybuilding with Barbells and Dumbbells. And as soon as you open this sucker, boom, you got the stars. So there's Gary Cooper. There's Cary Grant. And in this opening letter from Richard, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can see how tight the type is and how small the font. You get a lot, a lot of content in this little booklet. But here's just a quote from it, just to give you an idea of the training program, because I could have a whole five-hour series on the training program. But to give you an idea of it, this is what he writes to his pupil, as it's entitled, Dear Pupil. There is an unlimited evidence to support the contention that progressive barbell and dumbbell exercise is best for the purpose of strengthening and developing the musculature of the human body. This applies equally well whether the objective be that of training for great strength, the acquisition of that degree of superb shapeliness, which leads to classification as the possessor of physical excellence, or if one's aims be limited to the mere attainment of an improved condition of health and general physical efficiency. 
that, in a nutshell, is still valid. I think that holds up. I I don't think anyone's going to argue that resistance training, weight resistance training, is beneficial to your health, whether you're training to be a Hollywood star, a strong man, or just for general health. So that's the tone, and that's the point of this entire book. Now, when it comes to it, as I mentioned with Gunnar Peterson, you could also get these posters. And you can see on these posters that there's still some faded tape there at the top. Someone had hung these up, like in their home, in their home gym. And this was your guide. There was no juggernaut AI. There was no, uh, you know, training program or training coach to be had in person. But you could buy the course book and you could buy these posters. And they go through the basic movements. Back before you could hop on YouTube and watch someone show you how to do these things, you could look at a poster provided by Richard Klein. Now, Richard Klein also made a booklet for women. And this booklet was called Contouring the Bust, Glamorizing the Figure. And I got this booklet in an awesome set of dumbbells called Glamour Bells, sold by Healthways, which I'll get into later, how that's basically Richard Klein's company, only they chopped his name out. And these Glamour Bells were marketed to women. I'll have a whole video just about the Glamour Bells and go in depth, so make sure you subscribe if you want to hear more about those, because in addition to the podcast, I put out weight videos and restoration videos and things on my YouTube channel. And you can see that, in my opinion, these were painted more for like a baby, the little blue and pink, but apparently this was what they thought women wanted back in the 1940s. And the book became a little bit scandalous because in the book, there are pictures of women in leotards and workout clothing doing exercises. Now I'm holding this up right now with complete confidence that this is 100% appropriate to be shown on my YouTube channel and on my podcast and that this is still a family show. Doesn't matter who's listening to this. I'm not really showing anything too scandalous. However, in 1940s, oh my gosh, this was like, lock your doors, avert your eyes. Look at this. Now there were also, and I'm not going to show these, but there are also these kind of uh, darkened in silhouettes of what seem to be nude women throughout this book. And I suppose that was to try to show like the slim figure that they were looking for. But those darkened out poses, it's hard to tell whether they're actually nude or not, because all it is is like a cartoon silhouette. But the rest of it, I mean... Yeah, it's just a lady in a pretty conservative, by today's standards, outfit working out. Like I said before, though, you have to scale things that in the 1940s, this was pretty out there. In 1941, his ads and his promotional materials seem to disappear. They're not in newspapers. They're not on the radio anymore. His radio show isn't on. And one might think, looking back on it, oh, geez, did he get in some trouble? because of the cartoon ladies, because of the women working out, 
was that what did it for him? But it was actually World War II that caused all those things to disappear. Richard closed up shop, and just like he did supposedly when he was 14 years old, he joined the military. His country needed him, and he enlisted, this time with the Navy, which I guess technically the Marines are part of the Navy. And he becomes a chief petty officer for several years. 1945, he comes back stateside after serving a tour of duty with the Navy during World War II. And he starts a new company. He starts Champion Exercisers, which runs from 1945 to 1958. And he's the president and general manager of them. Now, if you look at Healthways books and you look at the products produced by Richard Klein's Champion, which this is a Healthways and this is a Champion reproduction of Richard Klein's book from 1939, they are exactly the same. The only difference is that they have changed the picture. Instead of Richard Klein, it's a nondescript drawing of a weightlifter. And then at the bottom, instead of Richard Klein, they have Healthways. I couldn't find any evidence whether he sold it before World War II and then started a different company or what happened. But as it stands, Healthways from then on didn't say Richard Klein, even though it was a Richard Klein produced product. Like if I turn to the opening letter from Richard Klein in this Richard Klein product, and then I look at the opening pages of this Healthways product, it is the exact same wording. But instead of Dear Pupil and being signed by Richard Klein, it's just signed generically by Healthways. <laughs> so whoever bought the company from Richard Klein or got the company from Richard Klein, they're just running with this, even though... Richard Klein isn't involved anymore. So what happens from there? Well, he gets heavily into producing equipment for underwater sports, for scuba diving, for new concepts in gas, air, and spring guns. He gets into inflatable water sports, all kinds of stuff that if I'm thinking about his life history, I'm wondering to myself, well, he was in the Navy and he worked at a beach for a long time. So is that all combining now in terms of his passions and what he wants to pursue? So even on the back of the Healthways book, there are several products here. There's a swimming fin you can buy, goggles, a mask, and that's right alongside barbells and dumbbells. There's air floats. There's a Plainsman pistol. So I'm assuming that prior to splitting with Healthways, he got into all those things. It's just that once he split, Healthways was able to keep on selling them. So then what became of Richard Klein? Where'd he go? I mean, if he was born in 1906, that means he's only 50 years old when he's nearing the end of the Champion Exercises Company. Well, one of the sources for this episode is a wonderful article on the Daily Mirror from 2014. It goes through the history of Richard Klein for the most part. It has wonderful pictures, and it even has this booklet pictured in the article. But the thing I found most interesting about the article was actually the comments. So there was a comment from someone that said that Mr. Klein died at age 57. 
And the comment was saying that basically these people that espoused all this fitness stuff, they didn't even live that long. Look at Richard Klein. He died when he was 57 years old. I take a little bit of umbrage. I take a little bit of, uh, not offense, but just contention with that comment because to put it in perspective, dying at the age of 57 is still fairly young in that time period, but we are talking about the 1950s and 60s. The other reason is that the next comment after that comes from a Randy Klein, same spelling as Richard. And Randy Klein writes, thank you for writing this article. Richard is my husband's grandfather and went on to do a number of things after his fitness days, including inventing cinematography equipment, air gun parts, and scuba gear. He passed away young from an unknown heart problem and left a wife and a son. We appreciate you keeping his memory alive. Now, this, these are comments left on an article. I don't know for sure if Randy Klein really is. I don't know if that's really a connection to Richard Klein. But in terms of everything I just laid out with his life, it makes sense that you know things just trail off there right around when he would be about that age, when he would be about 57 would be 1963. So yeah, that would be about the time that he would pass away if that's truly what happened. And 57 years old would be considered pretty young. Heart problems still go on today. That's nothing strange. So it seems fairly plausible to me. And if that is the correct story, then I hope that uh, his grandson hears this episode and sees that I'm trying to pay his grandfather some respect and continue his memory and his legacy. So then what happened to the Paramount gym? Well, the Paramount gym continued in operation for decades, even without Richard Klein, because they continued as a studio for decades until it shut down in 1979. So I'm not really sure why it shut down. If maybe by then, you know, stars were just handling their physical fitness on their own. I'm not sure. But let me just remind you here before we sign off, I have one more quote to read from Richard Klein that I think is especially good to end with. And I just want to ask politely to please make sure that you subscribe, you follow us, you rate us five-star rating on the podcast platforms because it really helps out the podcast, Lift History. And that Amazon link, Goodness gracious, if you've enjoyed this little strength history story and learned a little bit about Richard Klein, then go through that link the next time you need to buy something, whether it's vitamins or whether it's scuba gear. If you're shopping on Amazon, just click my Amazon link and it'll take you right to the app if you're on your phone or it'll take you right to the website if you're on your computer. And then everything's priced the same. The only difference is a couple pennies come trickling down into my account and that will help me buy a new computer. So what's that quote that I'd like to end on? Well, it's from the Richard Klein book. And just like he starts the book, at the end, he writes a letter to the pupils, to the people that are learning from him. And the very last thing that he tells him is this. Remember that the results you obtain are entirely dependent upon you and will be governed only by the sincerity of the effort you put forth. The ultimate goal which you desire is most assuredly worthy of your wholehearted attention until that goal is reached. 
like the glamorous stars. Once you have attained your objective, you'll be amazed how easy it will be to continue to be your most glamorous self. Sincerely yours, Richard M. Klein, your personal physical director. Get out there and be your glamorous self. This is Rob from Lift History Podcast, signing out. Thank you for watching Vintage Weights PGH. Please support the channel by purchasing apparel through the link in the description or at www.vintageweightspgh.com. Old weights, new gains, and lift history shirts are printed on high-quality next-level t-shirts, and they are available in multiple sizes and color options. Thank you for supporting the channel.